I think most pregnant women continue to have sex. And actually, some pregnant women are told that the way to make the baby come, like when they are overdue, is to. Yeah, have I've sex. been told that. Yeah. 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 So, you know, just like a couple one night stands right in there at the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a possibility. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Don't Think Twice. Vijay and Stevens is the writing and producing duo of Amrita Vijay and Andrew Stevens. Best friends, business partners, creative partners, and now soon to be co-parents. Dating, sex, and romance. This is probably the source of the most curiosity surrounding our choice to raise children together. Luckily, our host Marina is back in the saddle to help us consider some of these questions and puts her professional therapy training to use in holding us accountable to ourselves and to one another. Let's talk about romance and dating. Andrew, what does romance and dating look like for you? What does it look like? And I think specifically, does the incipient arrival of your child have any impact on that? Mm-hmm. Right now, dating and romance look very much like they always have for me or at least they have for the past 15 years in New York for me. What's been interesting is that there have been two situations that I've been dating someone, you know, one or two dates, and and on the second date, I've decided to divulge the, the information. And both times, I've been surprised. Uh, I received a, a positive response. One, excited the, uh, by the idea for me, and two, excited shockingly by by the idea of dating someone who's going to have a child and further conversation revealing that they're excited by the idea that if our relationship went further they could be an active participant in a child's life or children's lives Hmm. so why do you why do you think that surprised you because i assumed that a child would just be a barrier and that a lot of men would just not want to think especially about especially so early in the dating process you know you go on two dates and someone tells you they're about to have a child that's a lot to think about i think it's really important to notice that you feel like becoming a parent is really healing for you and really positive for you in some way because as we've discussed it feels like a reparation of your lack of positive paternal experience and it's you have such low expectations for men in your life around their interest in supporting that for you i think that's interesting i've i was definitely shocked about the reactions from from both of them and i did assume that they would not that the average man i would date would not want to be engaged in such a complicated scenario Hmm. so for you it sounds like you assumed that this step was going to diminish your romantic prospects absolutely but i had no fear about that Mm -hmm. i feel like i'm in a in a much different position than either a heterosexual man or a woman in that i occupy a world that uh, has often historically had to think bigger, more broadly about what family means and can think more creatively about what an individual life can look like, a happy life can look like. Gay men have done that for a long time. You know, you, I could observe anecdotally in the community as gay marriage became legal, there also seems to be a shift towards a heteronormative 
um, mm. assumption of, of, of what a real relationship is. Men getting together and having children, all that's great. Um, but the queer family has always, always been, been made up in a different way. To your question, I did think it would, would narrow my dating pool, but I didn't think that that pool was very shallow. Mm. And I thought that it would only weed out people who I probably wouldn't want to date anyway. And I never, I haven't to this point had any fear and anxiety around what what might happen on in my romantic life once I become a dad. I haven't once been worried about that. Mm. And I think what I'm hearing as well is that you're you underestimated the appeal of a chosen family participation. That Absolutely. a lot of people are really excited to be like, oh, you're making a chosen family. I want to be part of that. Yep. I underestimated that that and and that it would be wouldn't be really hard to explain. I assumed it would be very, I would have to do a lot of explanation. And both of these scenarios I had to do next to none. That's so interesting to me. And in fact, in both of these situations, the only explanation I had to do was around, uh, the only questions I got were around, well, how involved would you like your partner? Meaning the person I'm dating, how would you, how much, how involved did you like that person to be in the children's life? And both of the men who were asking it we're asking it because they want to be involved. Hmm. And for them, it would have been a no-go for them if the answer would have been like, I want to keep this completely separate. Hmm. Do you think that has some something to do also with our age at this point? Age is a factor, I I would imagine. Uh, I've been to- I was told by one of them that uh, he's always wanted children and he's always known he's wanted children but he's not in a he's not in a profession that allows him to afford any mm. any of those avenues um that cost so much money if you're going to do it and through a fertility clinic even if you're going to do it through adoption adoption so what i'm seeing here is the field of dreams effect <laughs> if you build it they will come like when you start your chosen family the people who you're you dating up. yeah We'll show up and be like, hey, I would love to be a Tell uncle. me more. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a reaction. Tell me more. Can I be involved? Mm-hmm. And, and, and to the age point, both of these men were in their 30s in a way that felt like a th- second or third, fourth date conversation about these things was not, was not awkward, didn't feel not too, too soon. soon. Mm-hmm. So what does your ideal scenario look like, if you have one? From where I sit right now, my ideal ideal scenario to have a long-term person in my life it's hard for me to use the word partner because I feel like I already have a partner and it's just occurring to me now how how it how that doesn't feel that comfortable to say a long-term romantic partner but that that's those are just words well they're important words what comes up for you when when you hear that word partner? Yeah, it's singularity, the way we, we use it to refer to romantic couplings or couplings at all. Um, people say my partner, and they usually mean one person. Um, so I think that's what I'm reacting to and thinking about this now, what I want romantically. as a, I, I could say I want a long-term partner, but I just want it to be known that 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 is not a replacement 
for my relationship with Amrita. I'm not looking to change the dynamic of my relationship with Amrita at all. Hmm. And you're protecting that dynamic. Right. So, I, you know, I'd like to have a long-term romantic person in my life. Um, I'm open to them being, you know, us living to us cohabitating us, you know, looking in a lot of ways, just like a traditional romantic coupling. Um, but that is not something that's a necessity for me. I'm also opening to open to have a romantic partnership that lives in a different place, lives in a different city. All these variations I'm, I'm open to. I would not want a romantic partner who wasn't willing to be involved in, in my, in my full life. I don't think I'm that interested in, in separating that out, keeping it siloed. I don't have an interest in my romantic partner necessarily being, being another parent, but maybe I do. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay to not be sure. Is there a feeling of obligation to Amrita because she has more like literal skin in the game in terms of the amount of physical carrying of the baby that she's doing? I'm feeling unsure of how everything I want in my romantic life and and my broader life can come together in a way that works for everyone, but has to first work for me not to sound selfish but so yeah i have a of 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 fear that there will be times where it doesn't all work easily i think that it's really important to put your own oxygen mask on first oh, yeah. in relationships <laughs> and it's not selfishness because if you're only doing it in ways that serve other people it's not sustainable and i have a fear about uh, uh, you know, this is, I'm just going to be honest. I have a fear of a scenario where I might, might be in a, in a, in a happy romantic relationship and Amrita is not the feeling, emotion she might have around that, uh, whatever negative feeling she had, had about it. Yeah. I think part of like projecting into the future involves taking one another's, uh, feelings into consideration in a way that it we wouldn't have. And in that way, it feels like this relationship becomes doubly queer. Mm. Right? Like this relationship is queer because it's queering the family. It's queering the narrative of family that we're sold in our culture. Right. And it also feels queer in that it's potentially a polyamorous partnership. Right. In the sense that your love, your platonic love for each other is very real and important. And Doors are open for exploration of other kinds of connections as long as they don't endanger that primary connection. Right. I haven't really thought about it that way. And I don't know that I feel that like that I would need to have an independent relationship with your partner, with your romantic partner. But there would have to be there would have to be a good rapport of some kind, you know, it would need to be that we got along. And it would need to be that you felt safe with the idea that, like, should the child be with Andrew and partner, that if Andrew goes to the bathroom and partner is just, like, watching child, you know. That we trust that person. Right, yeah. And on the flip side, I feel a certain level of nervousness about dating someone who has any feelings about 
the closeness, closeness of my relationship with Amrita. I don't know how far I would, I would date someone before really recognizing that in them. And what I mean is that, you know, I, so let, I was on a walk. I'll just maybe try to explain myself in this way. Yes. And I love a front porch. And I love the vision of me on a front porch. And my kids on a front porch. Maybe this is a very southern thing. <laughs> it is. I think it's also just like in our neighborhood thing. There are people who have a porch lifestyle. Love sitting on a summer. porch. Love yeah. people walking by, mm-hmm. saying hi to people, having my drink. And uh, I was thinking about, you know, I'm ready and like us being parents and, and sitting on the porch. And I was like, that's such a nice vision of of mine, of us sitting on the porch and like kids around or kids playing or coming home from school, whatever. And then I thought, if I have a romantic partner, am I always going to have to be sitting next to the romantic partner? I don't want to always have to sit next to the person I'm <laughs> dating. If a person I'm dating or I'm with long term, you know, comes on the porch and I'm and I are sitting on the swing and, you know, I don't, I know this is a, such a silly story to use to try to explain my point but if that person comes and we're we're doing our thing i I, like i don't want to feel like oh now this person's here and now i have to do something different (laughs) i don't think that there's anything wrong with that story for a couple reasons the first one is i think it so beautifully illustrates the type of proximity that you want to be able to have to different people and i think that there is a degree to which possessiveness and monogamy become united in our culture in ways that can be unhealthy, right? We need to acknowledge that we're not just individuals in a vacuum. We're also people in community, right? And it's really healthy for us to have like connections beyond our partners. It's actually really unhealthy for our partners to want to have that kind of possessive, you know, dynamic with us over our entire person and yeah like even if you weren't in this situation i would want you to be able to sit next to people who are not your partner. well and for the record i've never dated anyone who is remotely like that <laughs> but so i'm hearing that you imagine the ideal scenario is a flexible person who's able to show up for you but also doesn't feel threatened by your relationship with amrita And is able to articulate the things that he needs. I do, I do want to be a partner who's strong enough to say that that works for me and that doesn't work for me. And then we can take it from there. Did you ever envision having a child with a romantic partner? No, no. um, Yes. Interesting reversal. (laughs) Tell us more about that. (laughs) I never envisioned myself having a child with a romantic partner without Amrita being involved. And then I'm thinking before I met you or before we, I'm no. So the answer is yes and no. No and yes. <laughs> this is so interesting. <laughs> Tell me more. Having a I child really with a romantic partner, yes. Having a child with just a romantic partner, no. I try to imagine a person that, that I would want to do that with and I don't think they exist. That's something that just doesn't interest me. Why? This really closed, very closed loop 
the idea of raising children and going to bed in the same bed with the person you're raising the children with every logistical nightmare, every dirty diaper, every electricity bill. Then you're supposed to go to bed with them. You're supposed to get four hours of sleep. And then the next night you're supposed to like kiss them on the face (laughs) and like potentially do romantic (laughs) things. Uh, That's a nightmare for me. For me, that's the answer to this question is identical. Like it, to me, it's like, the idea, I, I don't even understand how people do it. I mean, I know that most people do it this way, but it, it boggles my mind that people are able to deal with the, the discomfort, the, the work, the grossness, the logistics, like all the, you know, sometimes backbreaking labor of raising children together. And then they have to get in the same bed and then like are expected to have like a sexual relationship with each other on top of all that, like on top of all the like household logistics and childhood, like it's a lot to, to place that much onus on one person to be that, that everything to you. It's not, it's not, not a surprise to me that people like struggle, the marriages struggle a lot when kids are introduced into the picture because of course they do. I mean, it's so much, it's so much. And like, you know, that's part of the theme of like what I think what makes this a good setup is like that that this can be something that we do together and then I don't have to have any of those expectations for my romantic partner that person is like that's all icing that that can be more of the fun stuff and less of the the drudgery I mean not that I'm saving drudgery for you (laughs) (laughs) but that's a beautiful idea right and it's also a kind of disaggregation or disintegration of these ideas that one person has to be everything for you that you and your nuclear family of however many it's you against the world right like it's actually like bringing in a much broader scope a much more communal scope of who's involved in your life who's involved in your in your child's life which most americans experience right like we all relate to the office because we all have a community and from the beginning you're saying you felt this way for a long time, both of you. And I'm that we're definitely going to backtrack and get there. But um, is there a point where you remember having that thought for the first time? Was it at some point after y'all had met? Or was that something you'd always wanted? I hadn't had enough romantic relationships to understand what I need in them and what are when what I want in them and what I what I don't want in them. And so that was that had to develop first my understanding of what i what i liked in my romantic relationships and what was harder for me in order to envision a future where wow this person and i would be doing all of these things and we would be so close together it was only when i had enough romantic relationships and enough insight into myself and and enough time to reflect and realize i don't I don't need to be comfortable in something I'm not comfortable in. And I came to the conclusion that I don't want that that nuclear family set up because it just doesn't work for me as a personality, which is not to say that there couldn't be a traditional setup that decides not to live in that traditional way. Two people could get together and say, we're not going to sleep in the be- same bed. We're not going to talk we're about have an open things. relationship or any you know, number so of things. Not everything needs to be exploded in order to to redefine what the roles are and the expectations are and all of those things. If I did have a family with a romantic partner, 
even in a traditional way. Uh, there would have to be things that we were doing in, in a non-traditional way. Yeah, and I think, you know, um, that is more the baseline in gay world than it is in straight yes. world is that there are no there you start with fewer assumptions about what the what the makeup of a nuclear family is so even if you were to have pursued it with a partner presumably there would be some there would have been some conversation about it how it would might look there's certainly nuclear more traditional nuclear setups where people do do re-examine what that means and there aren't as many assumptions made but maybe more so on the queer end of the spectrum than on the straight end of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah. So Amrita, let's talk about you and romance and dating. Yes. What does that look like in the past for you? I have not been dating right now. Um, and I have not been dating while pregnant at all. I have had less romantic experience, like in even pre-pregnancy. Um, I have not had the experience of being in a, in a serious romantic relationship going off of what Andrew was saying about like, you know, having at a, a certain point accumulated enough experience to know like, what do you want in the future? What do you, what do you not want in the future? To some extent, I don't feel that I've ac- accumulated that kind of experience. So in the past, you felt like you haven't had serious relationships. And right now this is off the table. Do you have feelings about dating being off the table right now? Uh, yes, and it's actually really surprised me a lot um, how how kind of top of mind the subject has been for me during the pregnancy um, because I think there's something about removing the possibility, like it felt like logistically impossible right now. It's, it, it's, it's not actually logistically impossible, but removing it from the table um, made me fixate on it in a really intense way. And I felt like, okay, I've really like figured things out. I've come to terms of, of you know, acceptance of, of the paths that I didn't take in the past. But <laughs> now that I'm in a position where I've removed like even the possibility, I was like, oh shit. Like I really do want to experience that thing. Well, it's a clarifying move, right? For some people that might have meant it was a relief. There was less, you mm-hmm. know, concern about seeking this kind of external validation that is elusive for all of us at times, right? Um, but I think it's really telling that that's something that you ultimately want and hopefully will be useful information for you in terms of your future priorities. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I I, I think it surprised me a lot how much... Um, how much thought I've put into it since since being pregnant. It's clarifying. It's clarifying to understand, okay, well, clearly that's something that is important to me. So it's something that I can prioritize in a different way in the future. Do you have moments where you think about this choice to be pregnant and regret that this is a time where you can't be dating? No, I don't think so. Um, you, I had to have the removal of that option in order to understand that it was important. It's like that thing where you like live down the street from the, the like really cool bar. And then you think like, I can always go to that bar. And then you end up never going to that bar in the six years you live in that apartment. Then you move away and you're like, shit, how come I never hung out there? Do you have a sense of why you might have avoided pursuing that more actively? Um, I don't. <laughs> I don't have a good answer to that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are many reasons. I would just say before we move on and 
But uh, that we often avoid that bar because it's also a place where people get hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we are just having casual, fun, no strings attached situations, which don't have expectations, that's less likely to happen. And when we're actively just like going for romance, it is much more likely that we will get hurt. Yeah, totally. Definitely. Some of those reasons are the old classic favorites of, you know, wanting to avoid rejection, self-esteem, like all those things, you know. And what do you hope your ideal scenario will look like in this chosen family? I would echo a little bit of what Andrew said, but, but clarify even more that the introduction of another, of a romantic partner would have to be someone who is um, not just like tolerant of this arrangement, but um, like really enthusiastic about it. So it would have to be someone that didn't need to be caught, like, coddled about about the relationship that we have you and I have Andrew um that wouldn't that but would be excited to be part of sort of a just excited to be to be part of something different do I need it to be the same person in a long-term capacity um that I don't know like I feel like for me I'm I, I am seduced by the idea of having you know maybe many romances throughout you know that that uh, might not be just like one person for a long haul. Um, and that person could either be single or could be could be in a relationship or could be married and in you know in an open marriage, obviously. Um, but part of the reason I'm drawn to that idea is because for the for the same kind of reasons that Andrew was saying, someone who has a fully formed life of their own, someone who's not looking for, to either be the missing puzzle piece into something or is not looking for me to be the missing puzzle piece of in their family structure. So so in some ways it's very easy to envision that as being someone who maybe has their own family already, has their own kids that doesn't need me to be a step parent to those children that maybe actually has a spouse and um and is like has sort of that um more like that polyamorous sort of a mindset towards having maybe multiple uh, different relationships in their life. But do you see these as being intimate relationships, not uh, beyond uh, like a sexual capacity? Uh, Yes. And the reason I ask is because it it can feel like it's constructing a scenario where you can avoid rejection. Because I love everything you said and that's possible, Uh but, but I would hate to see you choose those relationships in places when in order to prevent Avoid yourself emotional. from fully leaning into something. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear that. But yes, I think I would in, ideally would want that to involve um, a emotional intimacy as well as like a sexual intimacy. First of all, I just want to really emphasize the point that Andrew just made that it is so important for us to support you in going to that bar. Because Andrew has built this habit and this practice of going to that bar and being comfortable at times. It doesn't work out. Um, I'm actually really impressed, Andrew, by how many ex-boyfriends are part of our chosen family. (laughs) So it does also work out really well sometimes when it doesn't uh, stick. But I think, you know, for you, Amrita, like I'm hearing really clearly that this is a goal for you. Mm -hmm. And you're a beautiful, brilliant person. She drinks wine while Marina is saying that. She's just avoiding this as much as possible. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think that it's so 
it's so difficult for us to internalize that and feel that mm-hmm. without a practice of that. And it can feel like, well, we haven't done it and we haven't shown ourselves that it's possible. So maybe it's not going to be possible. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I think there's some degree to which we have to acknowledge that it is different in straight world. Um, and as someone who who does date men, um, th- that there are, there is, it is a different pool. And Unfortunately. with that said, I don't also want to go in with the defeatist mindset that, that it is impossible, that it's completely impossible, but I do, but there is some realism there that, uh, it is going to be more difficult for me than it is for you, Andrew. Um, and that's just, you know, that's, that's just, that's true. Like before true. we had a family, like before we have kids, after we have kids in some ways, I don't know, actually, it might, who it might even be like easier because like, as we get older, there are going to be more, um, more people in the dating pool, uh, just age wise that might have gone through divorces, many experiences. had many, yeah, had many different experiences, might have children, might not be turned off by the idea of me having children. Um, and, uh, so I, I, because I haven't participated in that, that, that part of the dating experience, like with that demographic, I don't actually, I don't actually know. So I don't want to like be too defeatist and say, well, once I do this thing, there's going to be no men available that are going to be like interested in this. But there, it is, it is more difficult. It is just. Definitely. It's a slog. Yeah. But it's also a numbers game, right? Like there are people out there who would be delighted to, to find you and they're not everyone. Um, but it is a numbers game. And I do really believe that. But like if you go on 37 to 57 (laughs) you will meet someone who feels comfortable yeah i mean i do think like for me the the numbers game argument feel like feels like very well (laughs) it feels like deflating it feels deflating it feels like it feels like work um but i would say that i don't want to be with anybody who's who's like who isn't into it so all those things are not for me like even if that means that the, the yes the pool is really small like i wouldn't want the pool to i wouldn't want to expand for me to expand the pool it, to like people who weren't cool with that does that make sense definitely mm-hmm. okay <laughs> so definitely. like i don't want i don't need the pool to be bigger just for the pool to be bigger if it's small like so be it <laughs> like that's fine it should be a select few who are select worthy few. of your hand right. <laughs> exactly yeah and hearing yeah. you talk it reminded me about the two experiences I had in telling these men I was dating about about the, uh, both of them had very close friend groups themselves, and both of them said after another date that they had gone to their friends and asked them, shared that they had gone on a date with this person that they thought was pretty cool and he was going to have a kid and what did they think about that. And I thought that was a sign because that was really their family. They were going to say, like, what, what do we think about this? Yeah. And, and I, I saw this great sign. That, first of all, they have a fully developed social network that they love and trust and go to. And similarly, I only want someone in my life who's going to understand that, like, I'm, like, I'm just going to know a lot. And, and 
and I'm going to go to her and talk to her about the things that are going on in my romantic life. And both of us have a healthy understanding of where the boundaries where are. the boundary is. Yeah. And both of us are very good at, at respecting other people's boundaries. If someone told me something to, to not tell anyone, I'm not I'm not going to tell them. Really. Yeah, there needs to be some boundaries to that. Like, even though we've we've alluded to the fact that now having a kid together brings you into like my dating decisions in a way at the same time that there are there are hard boundaries there not only respecting it but but pushing each other like we to say like you don't need to you don't need to share you don't need to share that you don't need to like i don't even i don't need to know all the details of of the date sometimes i want to know yeah (laughs) how things went or what what y'all did or whatever but like i also don't really don't need to know and also if you don't want to tell me i'm never going to push you no like and you never have we don't have that that dynamic never pushed each other to share when we don't yeah no i I, so i did want to return to one thing though that that when when andrew when you were talking about um you know you didn't like one thing that you worry about is having a partner and then having to manage my feelings about you having a partner yes and i think part of that just comes from um you having to manage my feelings sometimes when like you're dating and I'm not dating and I, and you know, I feel bad about that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, like, I think you're, that's you just carrying that forward, projecting into what that might look like in, in a, like you're my co-parent and then you have a, you have a partner. Yeah. You've never made me feel, you never made me feel bad about, about, about this. I, I, but I, you you but say you, that, but you, I kind of have. <laughs> because I think I think you know, like women say this a lot to gay men that it's like, oh, it's so easy for you. Everything's so easy for you. You have said that. Yeah. You know, and I think I think you not just me, but you. I'm sure you've heard that from many of our female friends that yeah. like, oh, it's so easy for you. And in some ways, yeah, it's easier for you. Like it is easier for you, but that's like kind of an annoying thing to hear. Like when you're trying to just help tell people about the date you went on or the person you liked or the person you didn't like or the you know if you're constantly hearing from your female friends like oh life is so easy for you it's such a cakewalk to be like a white gay man like (laughs) whatever who looks a certain way um I I do think that creates a little bit of a that feeling where you're like oh I don't want to I don't want my friend to feel a certain type of way if I'm dating and she's not dating. Yeah, and I feel that, and I choose active, proactive, like actively, not to to let it change what I tell you Good. and what I say. <laughs> and I mean, that's your issue to deal with. Yeah, and I'm here and love you to support you through it, but I'm not going to alter what I say to save your feelings when I when I know that yeah it's so not my so place. I was a little I guess I was a little that's why I wanted to come back to this point because I was like a little surprised to hear you say like oh I do worry about that I was like do you do you do I do, you? Okay. I do. yeah I mean it's really interesting to me because it feels like there's an asymmetry in terms of the activity around this topic and an asymmetry in terms of some of the feelings around it and have you ever considered what it would be like if the opposite were true I- Right, absolutely. I think we we've actually talked about this a little bit even now, um, and thinking about the importance of maintaining our our social lives after after the child comes, and and we have social lives that very much overlap. But even with the people they overlap with, we do things separately with with our friends. And just because we're going to have a child is still not going to be. I think speaking for I can speak for both of us when we say not, or I'll speak for myself. I look forward to those opportunities 
for I'm ready to go out, whether it's on a date or with her friends or by herself. And I, I will relish the, the chance to create that space. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think I like, actually, I feel very much like I'm excited for you that you do have some dating prospects, uh, right now that that are like interesting and fun and like like you know that have been fruitful uh, because I do think actually that's like a really healthy thing to to have going into like this a big transition time because then there that that isn't that does become like an outlet of something that's totally unrelated to home life and that's totally unrelated to baby life that like that you can go do that thing you can go have a date and do that thing and like like that is great. I think that's like a really good thing. Have you thought about what it would be like? And I think this is really just for you, but maybe for both of you as well. What it would be like if you met someone who was really excited about you and wanted to parent, wanted to be the biological parent of your next child? Um, that is a great question. And um, this goes a little bit back. I mean, I answered the question that you posed to Andrew about like, I never like I never really thought about having biological children with a with a romantic partner like as a nuclear family. So I I <laughs> I can't really envision that scenario. I think it would require a lot of um not require it would it would engender a lot of conversation. Well, what does the living scenario look like? What does um what's the relationship between our children look like? How do you feel about that? I think then that just becomes one of those scenarios where, again, Andrew, you become much more involved in like a romantic like decision than mm-hmm. you might otherwise be um, involved. I mean, how does that make you feel like to think about that? If we spend enough time and we have spent time and we will continue to spend time to talk about what our the dynamic dynamic of what our relationship is and what makes us feel whole, that is a really exciting thought. Because imagine who that man must be. A really cool person, probably. <laughs> that would be a really cool person yeah. to have in your life and our lives. And our kids' life. Honestly. if, if He'd be like really, really great person. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. Because it would take a special kind of person, I think, to be um, to, to want that or to ask for that. Um, so it doesn't, doesn't bother me at all. It's exciting thought. Love that, yeah. We have one final big topic to cover in our next episode, family. What does it mean for two friends to bind our biological families together? What traditions do we want to create or preserve into our new family? It's the sweetest note to round out this special series of episodes. In the meantime, find Marina at marinaweiss.com. And as always, look us up at vjandstevens.com. think that you know fertility is hot in general 